Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, he's back. He's back. Ed Han, free agent expert. It's your time to shine. Look at you have a glow about you. Not only did you get married, but free agency is upon us. Let's go. That's the double. It's making me extra radiant. Man, I'm, <laughs> I'm, ex- I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I was just saying though, before you hit record, what are the Cardinals doing? They they seem to make a a, a relatively early splash with the uh, veteran innings eaters there, siding Gibson and Lynn. What what do you think the strategy is I there? I think they're going to sign those guys and then they're going to trade for Dylan Cease. There you go. So that's an that that's interesting. That's boom, an boom, interesting boom. plan. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's not a terrible plan. It's not a terrible plan. But it's uh, I I uh, first of all, we should note that we're gonna. You should go to your X account, your Twitter account, whatever you want. What at 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 hand eighty nine for the absolute best free agent rankings. We went through this last year. And I cannot, I had never been able to look at Jorge Alfaro the same way after all my <laughs> conversations. And, and by the way, Ed, the most random, <laughs> I think if I had to power rank things, which we're going to do some rankings and such. Hell but yeah. The, one of the most random sightings that I had at a baseball park was the first round of the National League series um, in Philadelphia. 
and I look in the dugout, and I'm literally talking. To, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I look. I was like, "Is that Jorge Alfaro? Is that because like, he? I we love Jorge, right? Friend of the love me some Aquaman. Friend, a friend of the show, but he had put on a few pounds, right? So I'm like, "Is that is that Jorge in?" Wait, he's with the Marlins. Wait, wait, he was he was like an obviously like an extra catcher with the Marlins. He wasn't on the active roster, but just it was uh, a gregarious guy who um, I look at him in a completely different way than when we had designated him as our official free agent last year. Which I'm going to be spoiler alert. I will ask you to pick another guy this year. Are you ready to do this? Not now, but oh, oh yeah, this? no, I'm ready. All right, all right. So, and it can't be Jorge Alfaro, okay? Because Alfaro is is on it right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I, will, I will not you know, pick Alfaro again. With all due respect to Jorge Alfaro, you know he's a great guy. This is like this is called like calling into a radio show. Listen, I like you personally. You're a great guy, but Jorge, eh, the tough one. He's a, he's a tough one watching him catch. Got to get off. Yeah, got to get off. Yeah. I could see he's the kind of guy that I could see having a lot of success either if he ever gets an opportunity to be the part of like a DH platoon where he just gets to bat against righties or I could or lefties. I mean, or I could see him going to Japan and hitting about 60 home runs. There, I like so. that one. That's the second one is the more likely one. <laughs> Honestly, I can yeah. absolutely see Jorge. Ofa. Who was it? We, there was somebody that we thought was going to Japan. Was it Jorge Alfaro? Last uh, for me, I mean, I think it might have been Franchi. I definitely thought Franchi Cordero was heading Franchi to... Cordero. He he definitely he's another one I could see landing there. But but you have your rankings up, like you said, at Ed Han eighty nine. They're excellent. I'm just going through them. We have some questions that people have reached out on social media. Uh, I want you to to grab some of those. Mostly they involve Whit Merrifield for some reason. <laughs> I, I'm just going to get this off my chest right now. Why is Whit Merrifield so polarizing? Polarizing. I don't know. Why? He's the, and I mean this in the nicest way. He's boring. He's very consistent. He's not amazing. He's not terrible. But anytime you suggest, hey, maybe this guy will be a starting second baseman here, you either get people talking about him like he's uh, going to win the Silver Slugger or like he's the worst player on the list. And why would you even consider this? I, I that, that was a surprise to me. I expect guys like, you know, like your Trevor Bowers, that I expect to be polarizing. Uh, Domingo Germont, I expect him to be polarizing. Mitt <laughs> Merrifield, why? Well, the you know we we had uh, I think in the GM meetings, Jen McCaffrey of the Athletic, who was the Red Sox for the Athletic, had was just going through possible fits. It was literally like a possible fit sort of thing, right? Right. And she mentioned Whit Merrifield, and everyone's Whit Merrifield, Whit Merrifield, <laughs> and I I think to the point where it's like. Jen was like, no, she's she's texting me. She's saying, hey, listen, this is it's all I'm saying is that like it's a possibility. Like it's a it's it makes some sense. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. But to your point, and I was on a couple of years ago, I was really on the wet Maryfield train because he had so much control. He was a guy who could play infield outfield. His he played a lot. He was a reliable guy. He did a lot of things. Um so anyway, we got plenty of time to get to Whit Merrifield. But my point was that you were going to answer some questions and you will answer some questions. Oh, absolutely. So, so I'm just going to start off here because I'm looking at your post, your most recent rankings of the top 20. Yeah. And one of them 
One of them, and we should mention, uh, I'm going to mention the the Twitter handle, at TommyGun1544, um, which if if Tom Legacy thought he could get at Tommy Gun, he, he knew he was going to have to put on the 1544. I mean, it's, there was no way that was happening. Sorry, Tom. But he said, gray ahead of Monty. So immediately I'm like, because I'm looking at the list and I'm trying to pick out and we should. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rattle through the twenty. No one will. No one will hear what I'm saying. But I'm gonna rattle through them just right. to sort of go on record. All right. And, and this does obviously. We have. We've had a couple come off the board. We've had. Where do you have Nola initially? Nola was originally number three. He was behind right. uh, Yamamoto and obviously Otani. Okay. So Nola's off. Was Lynn in the top twenty? Uh, Lynn was not in the top twenty. No. Was Gibson in the top twenty? Gibson was not in the top okay, twenty. No, so. one is coming off the top. Yeah, one. Paul DeJong wasn't either. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, how I mean, can treat it? Oh, yeah, the guy like ever. He went from what a steal at the deadline to like playing for five teams. Anyway, um, <laughs> all right, here we go. Number one, Otani. Number two, Yamamoto. Number three, Snell. Number four, Chapman. Number five, Bellinger. Number six, Gray. Number seven, Jordan Montgomery. Number eight, Clayton Kershaw. Number nine, Josh Hader. Number 10, Eduardo Rodriguez. Number 11, Marcus Stroman. By the way, if you don't see a pattern here, you know, haven't been following free agency, a ton of pitchers. Uh, number 12, our, the aforementioned Whit Merrifield. Number 13, T. Oscar Hernandez. Number 14, Lourdes Goriel Jr., not to be confused with T. Oscar Hernandez. Uh, number 15, Mitch Garver. Number 16, Michael Waka. Number 17, Shota Imanaga. So close to getting that down. Uh, number 18, Justin Turner. Number 19, Tim Anderson. And number 20, Jorge Soler. So I'm glad I, ra- I'm glad I went through this. It was sort of like it allowed me to workshop my brain about some that I would I would suggest that eh, maybe you should reorganize. But the one of the first one, I'll go back to the Tom Legacy uh, at Tommy Gun 1544. And he says, gray ahead of Monty. Yeah. Oh. And so uh, he says, gray ahead of Monty. And that one, I can't – well, I, I'm not going to say I can't disagree with him, but I actually am curious to get your thoughts on it because you have gray at six and Jordan Montgomery at seven. Yep. The easy the easy counter to that is that one's four years older than the other, right? Sonny yep. Gray is about four years yep. older than Jordan Much, Montgomery. So, yep. There's a difference there. Monga- and Montgomery, you know, you make money by doing special things in the postseason. He made some money there. Sonny Gray, obviously, has sort of revitalized himself a little bit after that disaster in New York. Um, and he, he started with the Reds, and now he did it with the Twins. Really, really awesome year. Um, so I'm not saying you're wrong, but that must have been one of the ones you went back and forth on, right? Yeah, it was. And – I so I start working on this in July. Um, that's when I really start to just go through. Okay, this is what my rank is, and when I started doing it, then Montgomery was was no, he wasn't a top ten. He might not have even been a top twenty. Wow. And he went on, he went on that run though. He went on a really impressive run to end the season. We all saw it. Ended up with a World Series ring. One of the best deadline trains in recent years. I think you could make a case for that uh, with him to Texas. And that's not taking away anything from him. But Sonny Gray has been at this a bit longer. He had a really good understated season for the Twins. 
And Montgomery's been, he's always been one of these solid but unspectacular guys for, for a while. There's a reason that the Yankees traded him for Harrison Bader. And you can, you know, you can look at that now and say that was a, a terrible trade. But the calculus was still there at the time that this wasn't a guy that was going to be able to help that much in the postseason. This wasn't a guy that you could build your staff around. And now people are looking at him. And I think I put him ahead of Clayton Kershaw, which is partially because Kershaw's hurt and old. But <laughs> it's not necessarily something I was going to say a while back. I have ahead of um, Eduardo Rodriguez. I have ahead of of some other guys that are pretty pretty decent name players. Roman, yes, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And I, yeah. Yeah. And I stand by that because I think he did show something. And I think with the right team, he can be a really good number three starter. I think that Sonny Gray has the higher ceiling, though. I think that he's somebody that tends to go under the radar a little bit, but he's been good for longer and he's done it for longer. And I think that of the two, if I were to be betting on a guy having a repeat season, I would tend to think Gray has a better chance of following up than Montgomery does because he Montgomery hasn't really done anything like he did this year so we should clarify too this isn't necessarily oh well you're ranking who's going to make the most money no no who is who you think is going to be the best value for how much they're going to sign I I don't want to put in your mouth but is that sort of how you're ranking them yeah it's I mean it's a mixture of a few things like somebody I've gotten a lot of as we were implying earlier flack for where I put Merrifield problem with that is that there is virtually no middle infield available in this free agency class. So an above average, and I do consider him to be an above average second baseman, ends up getting a bit more flack than like gets it gets a bit higher on the list than a number three starter might because there are just there's a lot of starting pitching this year and not that much else. It's starting pitching. There's a little bit of outfield. It's not that great of a, of a free agency no, class. It's it's I you know there's a couple I I, I have a couple like that jump to mind and they're yeah. close so this this is a good thing I'm not saying like oh my goodness how dare you put Justin Turner at 18 and and Cody Bellinger at five no that's not right. what I'm talking about but right, there, right. Are Let's a couple, hear it. there are a couple okay so I would absolutely put Cody Cody Bellinger as your top position player right now you have him at number five overall in back of Matt Chapman yep. Matt Chapman, you know, is a weird one because it was MV- he's going for the MVP for the first couple months, then takes a downturn. Obviously, defensively unbelievable. Um, but just the ups and downs of the year made you, you know, devalued him, I think, a little bit. And with Bellinger, unbelievable year. I love watching this guy play. I love watching him play this year. But at the same time, if we're going to be fair, you know, he had an unbelievably uh, like bad season before. Be- before, you know, yeah, and, for two years, yeah. And so all of a sudden, now he's the same guy, the MVP guy, all over again. So um, I get it, I get it. I just I love like I love like what Cody Bellinger has become, and I just I have a hard time feeling like he's going to take that downturn again. Maybe I'm wrong. It's it's I I think it's either way, Ed. It's a great debate between the two. I, I really oh yeah, it it absolutely is. And I think what it comes down to is floor versus ceiling. I think that Bellinger has the higher ceiling, Chapman has the higher floor. Chapman has the safer floor. And I think that when you're throwing that much money on a player, you want the guy that's going to you're going to be safer with. Yes, you can take a chance and get 
it's not even taking a chance. I think that Bellinger is going to be closer to what he was this year than the last two years. But there's a, I think that there's a higher degree of fluctuation there because of, again, we know that he had the shoulder. I believe it was a shoulder injury that kind of drained his power, drained his hit tool a bit. Um, and he was healthy, but we don't shoulders are shoulders are funky. We've seen that with pitchers. We don't know how that's going to affect a hitter, though. Um, whereas with Chapman, the injuries have been a little more just wear and tear type things. I think one of them was like a broken finger or something like that. And he plays through them. The defense is always solid. He's never gonna be he's never contending for a padding title or anything like that, but there's always gonna be power there. And this is it, it ultimately comes down to personal preference, I think. Would you rather the stability or would you rather the potential for for more? Um, so I think for me, picking these things and also just considering that there's a, a much better outfield class than infield class, I thought Chapman deserved the higher place. But it, it is it is a good argument. Yeah, I think it's a good one, and especially considering that this he said the it's so crazy the drop off in position players. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and we aren't even and, and and with Bellinger and Chapman, it's not like we're even talking about these transcendent franchise changing guys. I mean, maybe at their best, sure, Bellinger I think could be that guy, and Chapman at his best, maybe. But it, this isn't what what is happening here is what the, the the pitchers this year are to what the shortstops were last year. You know, yeah. You know, and uh, and I'm taking obviously I'm position play. I'm taking Otani out of the equation. He's you know, he's special. Yeah, it's it's it is what it is. But it's uh, but yeah, it, it it feels the same. Where you're like, okay, which of these shortstops do you, would you want? And then now you go, okay, which of these starting pitchers would you want? That's sort of how it feels right now, right? Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that there's, you know, there's an MVP and the Cy Young Award winner, both in this free agency class. And we're looking at this being like, it's it's not that good of a class. Yeah, it's just it's very top heavy. But yeah. I, I would say that the, the top the top the top 10 pretty, pretty solid. Uh, yeah. And Yamamoto is such a strange occurrence, too, because most pitchers with his ceiling do, never make it to free agency. Oh, well, they get developed and they the get age. extended it's, or they get traded and then they get it's extended. The age. It's the age. Yeah. The age. I mean, this is everyone seduced by the age. And and we had on Lance Brzezowski of the Marquee Network, who does great Yamamoto breakdown. And thank goodness, Ed, like he offered like the counter to Yamamoto. He's like, yeah, of course, he's a really, really good pitcher. But this is the things that you, he's not necessarily a number one out of the gate. And everyone is to, are totally seduced by the age, but he gives up a lot of home runs on fastballs. Will his fastball play the same way? You know, um, you know, like Senga had a great year, but he had to, he wasn't the same pitcher he was that he was in Japan. He had to adjust how he pitched. So there's a lot of this, and, and so with Yamamoto, you're right. To come back to what you're saying, it's the age. You just don't hit twenty uh, at twenty five yeah. as a pitcher, and if you do and you're good, everyone's going to line up. So, um, yeah. all right, I got this one. You mentioned Kershaw. Yeah, I'm bumping him back, man. I'm bumping him back. Yeah, I'm, he's at number eight for you. Where do you bump it? I'm let I'm letting I oh man, I almost want to bump him back at Strowman, but I won't. But I'm gonna let I'm gonna let both Josh Hader, who's at nine, 
and Eduardo Rodriguez leapfrog Ooh. Kershaw and bump him back. Hader obviously is is one of the best at his position. The problem is, is that okay? Well, how much do you value that position? How much do you value a closer? All right, whatever. I mean, but in terms of paying for certainty of something, he's right there. Um, I think that people are totally sleeping on Eduardo Rodriguez. I think they're totally sleeping on him. First of all, he's not that old. Second of all, he absolutely, he's one of the few guys, Ed, who in this day and age of people being starved to like just to find a couple guys in the rotation that can pitch six innings, that can go third time to the order. Like he's one of the few guys after not being able to do it at all early in his career has been able to figure this out a little bit. He had a really good year. I don't know. I I would take him all day long over Kershaw. I just would. So go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the same sort of thing. You, you said it perfectly with Hater. It's your it's a closer versus a starter. Um, I have a very hard time putting somebody that's an elite closer. He's absolutely an elite closer. But if you have a healthy Kershaw, he's starting in the playoffs for you. He might not be your number one guy, but he's still been extremely effective as he's gotten older. So I just I have we know what we're getting from Kershaw when he's there. Did he get that's he the problem. The- that's the problem. Yeah. Do you? Because the injury thing, you know, he's dealt with injury. He's been dealt. He's dealt with injuries on and off the last few years. It never seems like it's affected him that badly. He's still, he's still been the same future hall of famer um, until now, if he comes back from this shoulder injury, uh, I believe it's supposed to be in July this year when they're expecting it. If he comes back and it looks like something's gone, like something's off, then yeah, he's going to shoot way down the same way that Zach Grinke, another guy that I believe is a future Hall of Famer, is now in the 100s. You don't get it off of just name recognition alone. Mm -hmm. But while he's been healthy, Kershaw's been the exact same all-star. It's the best way I can can put it. When he's healthy, he is a guaranteed all-star. With with Eddie Rodriguez, who I'm also very fond of, there's just there's been so there's just been inconsistency with him. He was very good this year, but 2022 it was a little more all over the place. There were some off the field issues that that's I think I think, I think takes a concern as well. Yeah, not to interrupt you, but I think that yeah. um, I think that's the thing that sort of looms over him is that you have the the hiatus that he had the year before, and then you have the trade deadline thing from this year where he yeah, went to yeah. So it's it was. And and he's pitching for a crappy team for Detroit, so <laughs> it's you know it's it's I I get it like I I mean there's no easy answers. It's much like you know I mentioned Stroman, so you have Stroman after Eduardo Rodriguez, yep. you have Stroman after at eleven. Um, I almost I don't know like with Stroman, I don't know how much of his I'm good I'm good everyone understand how good I am. Believe me, I'm good. It's almost like, okay, we get it. You're good. <laughs> but but then people take a deeper dive and say, oh, are you as good as you say you are? I don't know. Like, I think Strowman is a solid, solid three. Right? Yeah. There, yeah. And I, I would say that there are a lot of solid threes in this year's class. And that's sort of – because if they were better than that, 
they probably wouldn't be hitting free agency. Even so, Snell is such a weird one too because oh, we haven't uh, even mentioned Snell, right? Yeah, yeah, guy won a Cy Young award, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's a nice, that's a nice number two. I wouldn't want him to be my ace. The guy just won the Cy Young award and had like a what, like a, he led the baseball in ERA or something. Great season, but the I think he also led baseball in walks and that yeah, kind of that's, thing. That's his I think thing, right? Are, he walks a bunch of guys and gets out of it. Yeah. So, but but here's a quote. Like, I, I'm going to proclaim this right now. Blake Snell will have a better year than Yoshinobu Yamamoto. A better 2024. He will be better. What are the parameters for being better here? All right. Like, is it like um, like is it? I mean, one if of I can look at, I gotta look at. All right. Okay. I'll, it's a fair question. Right, because because parameters in baseball are this way. There's just way too many parameters. I can list twenty things, but if I'm going to look at, usually you have an idea if a guy had a better year. ERA, let's start there. Um, you know, uh, I you know what I don't uh, wins obviously not wins, but I like, <laughs> but I but I do like team wins when they pitch. Yeah. It shows you like how they contributed to the win. Unpopular opinion. I don't mind the win statistic, and I don't mind the RBI statistic. I think that they're no, indicators. Uh, they're indicators of performance, not necessarily, not necessarily how good they were, but were they better than the other team? At the end but, of the day, you're trying to be better than the other team. Don't you? Do you like? I, I just said, you know, like I like team wins when the pitcher pitches. Do you like that, or do you don't, you don't care? You just I think yeah. that's I think that that's fine. I think yeah. that there's something to be said for keeping your team in the game. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, so what else? I I'll write it down. What else? What other parameters you want? Like, um, I mean, I guess like I guess with, uh, innings pitched, I think is significant too because you can be really good for half a season and then just get hurt. And, okay. You know, you're not you're you're no use if you're not if you're not pitching. So I think that the ability to stay healthy is pretty significant. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's just go with those. Let's just. You don't want to go with Pip. You don't want to go with it. You know, whatever. Let's not over. Let's not overcomplicate. Right, well, that's stuff that the pitchers don't actually have control over. I, so. I don't think there's a lot of there's. I don't think there's a lot of times where you can't look at just a baseball reference page and say that guy was better than that guy. Yeah, you know. So yeah. we'll see. What I'm saying is that we'll figure it out. But yeah. I am proclaiming. <laughs> I'm not saying that in in four years this is going to be the case, but I'm saying. 2024, I'm saying Blake Snell will have a better year, year than Yamamoto. So. Yeah, I mean, is the two-time NL Cy Young Award winner ERA most recently coming off of an ERA crown going to be better than a guy going into the year for the going into the league for the yeah. first time? Yeah, yeah I think that's but, a pretty I think that's a pretty reasonable. But, but, yeah. but you know, the Yamamoto hype is so off the charts; people don't understand that. You're going to remember this better than I do. How does this compare to when Dice came? Oh, over? see, this is we talked about this on the podcast, and it's a great question. And when we were doing the podcast, I should have looked this up because I, I, the age of Dice K coming over, and it was right. He was, I think, he was 26 his first year, so around the same age. I mean, so this was the hype. You'll never see hype like Dice K. You'll never ever see hype like Dice K. And then when you go to Daisuke's first year, they win a World Series, but he's okay. Like ERA over four, 
But, you know, and Matt, you know, maddening what to watch, taking forever, walking guys, but pitching in the World Series, pitching in the playoffs, he was okay. And then the next year, Ed, he's he's fourth in the Cy Young voting. He wins 18 games and has an ERA under three, but then he fell off a cliff. So the hope, they better hope that Yamamoto has like a better course than than Daisuke does. But it's a great question because Daisuke, you don't, we just said it, you don't see a lot of mid-20 free agents. So yeah, good question. Excellent job. Uh all right. What else we got? So we got you want well, Maryfield's at number 12. Okay. Yep. So you have let's lump these three together. Yeah. The position players. Maryfield 12, Teoscar Hernandez at 13, Lourdes Goriel Jr. at 14. Um yep. give give me why you put in those in that order. Um uh, Merrifield plays second base and the other two don't, and that there's there's there are some other outfielders. There are a bunch of guys in the 30s and 40s that are similar outfielders. I think Gurriel and Hernandez are better, but um I, I, th- there's more of it, and Merrifield can do both of those things. He can do a, Merrifield's skill set is more varied. He's he can do a lot of the little things well. He's not going to win any home run titles. He's not going to necessarily you know he's not going to win a batting title. But he's one of these guys that's just going to give you a professional at bat every time he comes up there. He'll go through. He he also just plays a lot. The guy I, I think since his rookie year, the he, I don't think he's played under 130 games in a season. And I think that health is a very underrated skill. Again, if you're bringing somebody in, you want them to be able to stay on the field. And he's been pretty good at that. Now he's starting to age a little bit, um, but he can still play. Again, for a second baseman, you're not expecting that to be your cleanup hitter. You know, there's like. Jeff Kent was kind of a freak. There aren't that many of these second basemen that are going to be anchoring your batting order. So I thought that he, compared to what else was available, I think he provides the, maybe, honestly, the highest floor of any position player on the field. Other than Otani. Yeah, other than Otani. Well, Otani's not even a position. Otani is a unicorn. He's he's a freak. He, he does not. There's Shohei Otani, and then there's every other free agent. Right. Um, I mean, Chapman, I think, has a higher floor. Yeah, Bellinger has a higher floor. Yeah, I think those guys all do. But then after that, that's kind of of crazy, though. It's kind of crazy. It is. It is. Because, I mean, when I I make this, I look back at this, I have people proofread it to just be like, okay, does does this stuff all make sense? Because I don't want to... I don't want to miss something here. And like, you can disagree with me on like the one or two placements and I'm probably not going to change it. But is there anything major here? Because I was looking at Merrifield there too. I was looking at Teoscar Hernandez as, as I think he was 14th in the original one. And like Teoscar Hernandez is a good hitter, but he's, he's kind of a one trick pony. Mm-hmm. Um, Lourdes Gurriel had a very good 2023. And that's one that I thought about putting a little bit higher. But he just he hasn't done it for long enough. He was a lot a bit more mediocre in Toronto. I think that the power is pretty new for him. So he's one of those guys that yes, he had a very good contract year, but I'm not quite as confident with him. Uh so and Hernandez has a bit more of a track record. I think that the home run power, at least we are a hundred percent sure that the home run power with him is real. Um two time silver slugger. He's done it plenty of places he wasn't that good in 2023 and maybe you know maybe some of that is age catching up with 
him, but I think that he's a bit more of a safe bet. Uh, so that that's how that uh, ended up shaking out. Now, Justin Turner, who's a little further down there, it's an age thing for him. It's just that he's 38, 39 going into this season. And what he did with the Red Sox was, I, I think that you and I live in Boston and are seeing this stuff on a daily basis. I think that what he does, you have to see him play day in and day yeah, out to appreciate I, oh, just I'm how, so glad how you said that. I said I must have said that 50 million times this year, that he's a better player than I thought he was. Like that, yeah. watching him play. and. And but you know the, at the same time he shouldn't be your MVP you know no. he should be your which he was and so um, but and Jorge Soler is another one probably just defensively right I mean is yeah it's that and that he's never had consecutive good seasons he's all he it's one good year one bad year one good year one bad year there have been some health concerns he can't really you know like the home runs are great but the defense isn't really a thing low batting average so is 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 he better than a lot of the guys on the list sure but he's not somebody that i uh you know that i would be begging my team to sign either i think he's a he's, he's a perfectly fine role player it's interesting you so we you talk about what merrifield he plays middle yep. infield this yep. like there's only one other middle infield guy on your list on your top yep but he's that is that right. is a crapshoot of a player, right? Right. There. Well, that's that's why I wanted to get to. So Tim Anderson is the yeah. other. He is he is number nineteen. Um, I am looking yep. up his age right now because I am fascinated by Tim Anderson's age. Uh, so yeah, so T- Tim Anderson, he, he, what a terrible year he had! Oh my goodness! Oh, he, he was bad. Forty-five. He's a negative two. A negative two WAR. Uh, got punched out on national television. Punched out. No, it wasn't good. That didn't help his brand. Um, so he played 123 games. I mean, this is a guy who led the league in runs in 2020. Well, that I mean, 2020, whatever. But still, led. He had a great year. Led the league in batting average in 2019, 335. In 2022. I mean, you're coming off. Look at these batting average, and I know. Okay, everyone, just calm down. I'm going to mention batting. <laughs> so, hey, I'm here saying, like, I, hey, I like wins. Yeah, let's talk about batting. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Let's all do right. it. So, and we, all right, <laughs> I, I, just to make everyone happy, a couple of the batting average with OPS. Tim Anderson, three league leading, three thirty five batting average, eight sixty five OPS in 2019. I'm going to skip 2020. 2021, three oh nine, eight oh six OPS. All right, 2022, a little bit of a dip. He only had a 7304 OPS, but he still hit 301. Last year, he hit 245 with a 582 OPS. Now, and I also saw him play some games, and he was so bad defensively, it was incredible. But he's only 30. Like, he's still 30. And if you said like what this guy is going to be free agent wise before last year, you're talking about you know four or five year contract, so forth and so on. This is the ultimate pillow contract guy. Get that year back, prove that you can play again. If you believe that you can play, then and you just ride with him. So if you're comparing him with Whit Merrifield as the two guys, it is fascinating, Ed, because he is the ultimate, yeah, you want to take a chance? You want to roll the dice? Go get Tim Anderson. But I think that, I don't know. I was going to say, I think I would take one year Tim Anderson, 
over three years of Whit Merrifield. But I don't know if I would because the images of Tim Anderson playing like he hasn't broken in his glove it's, are still fresh in my brain. So, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. and I mean, that's the risk with a guy like Anderson, too, is that you don't know how it's going to affect the clubhouse. You don't know what was going on in, you know, in the clubhouse in, in, in Chicago. It sounded like it was pretty bad. It sounded like he was actually somebody that was trying to rally the troops and just nobody well, was You know, as, as a co-author, someone who was in that clubhouse for a little bit, like Joe had no problem with Tim Anderson. Yeah. They do, and there was a lot of problems in that clubhouse, but I think that Anderson's probably deals with his own deals. You know, he had a lot going on. We, a lot of stuff. Just go to his Wikipedia page. Like, the, there's a lot going on. Maybe you'll get past that and figure that out. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't set if as long as he figured out. Especially if you have a one year contract, which is a can be a powerful thing about hey putting out the right impression. It might work. It might work. So go ahead. Yeah, I could see it. And I think that, I mean, there's some similarities to Cody Bellinger last year, I think, in that he's trying to effectively save his career. He's trying to show, I can still be that all-star. He's a little older than Bellinger was. I think Bellinger is 27 last year. But he also plays a position that's much tougher, that's much more valuable. We saw that with all the shortstops last year. He's got a lot riding on this, and a motivated player that's as talented as Tim Anderson, that could be worth a lot. I think that his ceiling is 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 very high. I when think you, that but you'd rather anything. have Wade Merrifield at three years and Tim yeah. Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, Anderson, it was performance this year, but it's been injuries in the past also. So that's where it gets a little yeah. a little tricky. And also, if you have the thing that's good about Merrifield is that you can play him in the outfield too. You could probably put him at third base or first base if you needed to. You can you can you can put him anywhere you need him to be. He he he's kind of like a a, a high priced Kike Hernandez in some ways. Can I throw another one at you? Yeah, let's hear it. Not on your list. It's not on your top twenty list. Joey Wendell. Yeah. Wendell, yeah, I put him a bit further back because he's I think he's thirty four now and. It, it wasn't a good season for him. And I, I like Wendell. I liked him a lot uh, last year. I wanted the Red Sox to trade for him. Um, but it it was it was a rough season for him. I think that he's more of just uh, – if, if you're starting him, I think you might be in a little bit of trouble. He no, I'm not – yeah, I'm not even saying – yeah, it's just – we're yeah. just we're, As a utility guy, he's fine. We're searching for middle infielders. You know? <laughs> I'm in Rosario. I kind of like – Oh really? That's uh that's another guy that's on there. Yeah, Ahmed Rosario because he's still he's still reasonably young. He's had some good seasons. He was really bad the first half. He was a little better after he got traded to the Dodgers. And again, you don't have a lot to pick from. So you know, wow. like he's somebody that you might be able to give a shot to. Uh and you have um you have Giolito. He's not on the list, right? Yeah, he's in the thirties. I believe just because he was really bad after that trade to the Angels and then to Cleveland, and he's he's been inconsistent. And there's a lot of guys that are better than him that are similar, but guys that I would take over him. So he ended up getting pushed back a bit for that who, reason. Who was the toughest one to leave off the list the of top- the top twenty? Yeah. Um. I mean, it's it, it, it's tricky for some of them. Like a guy like um, 
uh, uh, Jung Ho Lee, the outfielder yeah. coming from yeah. Korea, I think could be could be very interesting when he gets here. I actually think and th- this might be a surprise. I thought Gary Sanchez uh, was very good last year. He had a ton of home runs, improved his defense well, to a point did, that did I think see, is very surprising. And he's catcher. So he was the guy that turned Snell. I mean, like, yeah, Snell's guy. You know, it's everyone says oh, he's terrible defensively, and then Snell had this insane ERA when Gary Sanchez was catching. And Sanchez's defense also just it, it got better. The guy works his ass off. He was almost he almost didn't even sign. Do you remember that? I think he was with the Mets for like a game, and then they dropped him, and he oh, ended yeah. up signing a minor yeah. league deal. I think he signed a minor league deal with the with the Giants and didn't end up playing for them. He looked like he might not even be playing in the States last year. Ended up hitting, uh, I think it was 19 home runs and 260 plate appearances. I know, I know. Well, the um, all right, so now the time has come where we have to get your, the one that we're going to track. Okay, the maybe player to track. Maybe, maybe get him on the podcast. Maybe say well, you are the official free agent of baseballs and boring. Congratulations. Can't be Joe Kelly. Uh, he's a free agent, but it can't be him. Okay, so I can't. I can't pick Kelly for this one. No. Okay. Well, that makes uh, we, this we, a little harder. That goes, uh, <laughs> that goes without. That goes without yeah. saying that we're tracking. So it's okay. I've got a guy that I think is interesting, and he's not quite as interesting as Alfaro was last year. Okay. But he's somebody that I think uh, might sneak up on people, and that's Nick Senzel. Oh, former first round, former like second, For second pick, pick, second pick in the whole country. Yep. He had, he's just never been able to keep it healthy. But when he played last year, he hit 13 homers in about half a season, plays all over the field, doesn't hit great, doesn't hit bad. Talents is still there. He just needs to find uh, a role that he can stay healthy. And I think he's someone that's that's very interesting. I love that. I love that pick. That's an excellent one. And anytime you have someone with that upside, it's like Mickey Moniak. You know, like, listen, I mean, yeah. who would have thought like, that, that he was going to, like, the first overall pick in the 2016 draft was finally going to figure it out. And uh, in which the sec- this is Nick Senzel's the second overall pick in the 2016 yeah. draft. But uh, I like that. That's like that's a great one. 100, 104 games last year. Uh, I mean, his numbers weren't great. Yeah, they're not great, but there's enough there. The power coming out a little bit. I think that was a career high for him. It's enough for me to wonder what he would do if he stays healthy and gets a full-time role somewhere. You know, he's still, I think he's still on the right side of 30. I think he's he's 28 or 29. 28, 28. Yeah, he won't be done until next June, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, center fielder, third baseman, second baseman, played all over the place. Um, I like that. We're going to have to get him on the podcast. Congratulations, Nick Kenzel. Congratulations. Hopefully you have better luck than Jorge Alfaro did last year. (laughs) I mean, in fairness, he was making his run through the Dominican Winter League. He won like MVP of the World Series or something, right? Oh yeah, he had that. He had that walk off where he just like slammed the bat. That that was the problem. He wasted it all in the in the winter league. Uh, oh, it was, it was so good. There was nobody. There is nobody built for a parade like the image of the sunglasses and the cigar and the whole deal than than Jorge Alfaro. So yeah, well, once again. We've kicked it off free agency in style. Ed, you're the man. I look forward to tracking this with you. Um, we should also mention another podcast you're on to the show we go, correct? 
Yep, to the show we go, which you were our, I believe, our fifth guest on it. It's Ooh, me man. and uh, Andrew Parker, who you can follow at by Andrew Parker. We met during the season uh, working uh, press for the uh, Worcester Red Sox. We've been trying to have as many guys from the system on. Just how many guys have find how a little more about for, uh, for people who are, are not familiar to to the show we go. And that's that's the handle also on on uh, yes after the show we go yep yes um how many how many minor leaguers have you had on now? um minor leaguers we're in the twenties now that's uh, awesome I mean yeah, that's, yeah. that's like a lot I mean, yeah we've been we've been put, it was the last day of the season we just went into the clubhouse after everything was done and we just talk to as many guys as we could just try to get contact info and like you know these are people that we talk to on and off some guys more than others like uh parker and brendan now were pretty tight and so that was that was an easy one but then there were other people we were asking for the one that i'm still we got roman anthony which is still yeah. kind of amazing to me that uh we were able to to get to talk to him and that's that that's somebody that is he's 19 years old uh it more seems a lot more mature than a lot of my friends, and I'm in my mid thirties. So yeah. that was uh, that 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 that's been that's been very cool. And it hasn't just been the Red Sox system either. We've had some guys uh, from all over the place, like uh, Josh Lester, who's another free agent, got to play with the Orioles a bit last year. He was on cool. He's really on the cool juggernaut. Uh, it was the Norfolk Tides, right? right? Yeah, that team was that team was ridiculous. Yeah, we've had so many guys that are close to Jackson Holiday between him and uh, Roman Anthony, who like works out with him. Uh, yeah, yeah, finding finding out all, all about Jackson Holiday. <laughs> I love. I mean, you know, it's um that Norfolk Tide Tides team was insane. It was, and and I you, know, you see all these managerial openings and talks, and uh, Buck Britton, who is Zach Britton's brother, who was the manager of the Norfolk Tides. He should he should have gotten I don't know what he's doing. Maybe he's happy, maybe their value, maybe they're paying him a crap load of money. But he should be he should be in consideration. He's a young guy, but he did a great job in a very talented team. So but it was it was that that team was I remember seeing them. It was at the the day that I think I mentioned this to you, the the day that uh call ups were made and they had already called up a bunch of guys, then they call up Kowser. That day, and they still like are loaded with Heston Kerstad and all these other guys. So. Yeah, Joey. I think Joey Ortiz was there. Joey there, Ortiz. yeah, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, they had Grayson Rodriguez. They just kind of for fun kept him there for to work on some stuff for for a few weeks yeah. midway through the season. Like that is that is a, a loaded farm team. And I mean, would I want to go through what the what Orioles fans had to go to that got them that? Probably not, but. But you know what, dude? There's now. other teams that have been crappy and and missed on their picks, and they've nailed their picks. So, yeah, they really have. Uh, and not just the first rounders either; they've nailed a lot oh, of yeah. their picks. Yeah. Well, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And uh, congratulations once again to Nick Senzel for being our uh, our pick to click, our guy that we're going to follow, even if he signs a minor league deal. We don't care. Big things nope. ahead. It worked for Jorge Faro. You know why? Because a he got t-shirts, b he 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 got uh, the experience of um, winning the MVP of the Dominican World Series, c he was in the WBC, and also most importantly he was actually in a major league dugout for the Major League Baseball playoffs. There you go. What's a better way to end your year? 
that seems that's that seems like a lot of positives. So. There's, a, yeah, there's a lot of good things that happen when you're designated. So, Nick, you have a lot of things to look for. There. All right, Ed, great job. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 